What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? It is Saturday, August 27th. We have NFL kickoff less than two weeks away. We are wrapping up our NFC Fantasy rosters. That's what we're going to be doing today. And then we're also going to be going through some of the news coming out of preseason. So, Rich, what did you want to start off with today? So let's start with the guy I've been following, um, Isaiah Pacheco. It looks like he's beat out Ronald Jones for that RB2 job. Yeah, Ronald Jones looks like he's about to get cut. So, so it seems like the writing's on the wall. That's not very much of a surprise. So that's kind of the story of Ronald Jones' career. He didn't have, he didn't, couldn't ever find favor with Bruce Arians on the Buccaneers. So I mean, we're just, we're not surprised. Um, some other guys that we're following, Damian Pierce, probably the biggest riser coming out of the preseason. He was a guy, you know, he looks to be the starting running back for the Houston Texans, and it kind of seems to be his job unto himself. He's risen about 25 spots in ADP on ESPN over the past seven days, so he was somebody that was a little bit unknown. Now some more people are knowing him. Maybe if you know your league's not as intense, they might not know of him. He's a guy you can snag later on to get as a starting RB if you do like a zero RB strategy, but... I know you just did a draft last night where that didn't necessarily work out for you because there was somebody in that league that was paying attention to him. Yeah, he went in the 6th or 7th round. I'd have to double check, but he went early. Yeah, A lot earlier than I anticipated. So yeah, I don't know if I like him at that spot where I could get somebody else. Yeah, yeah. that's a little early. Yeah. So his ADP, again, had him at like six or seven, yeah, 140 or something and it's moved up to 120. So like he should be going in around the 10th or 9th round, but I've done a few mocks and he's gone a little earlier. Yeah, yeah, the seventh round he went. Some people are. I think that's a lot of crazy. Okay. So I, I, there was some, a lot of surprising. I seen Pacheco go in the ninth. I, yeah, yesterday. That's, I think because Pacheco, I think like that's like he's like a last round type guy type. Yeah, to me. I mean, maybe he's, he's a little bit higher than that, but like that backfield doesn't. I still think Clyde's still gonna get get work back there for yeah. sure. Like I, I it's understand. Not like Clyde, he's not dead. I understand like, the reach for Pierce. I get it. He's looking yeah. impressive. In he's gonna be the only one there. Like, yeah, it looks yeah. like it's his job. He's getting treated like a starter. He's coming out with the starters. He's resting. Yeah. It, Pacheco, I don't understand so much. I mean, it looks like at best he's an RB two. I mean, if you have a league where you're getting points for kick return and punt return yards, then then maybe he has some upside. But like other than just a, like a pure handcuff and and hope. That's like he said, it's a later round guy. I don't know. The nice, a little, little rich for my blood there. I think the Pacheco and even some Kenneth Gainwell hype has more to do with the disdain for the guys above them, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Miles Sanders. Yeah. Like people just being done dealing with them. It's. Yeah, it make, I mean, it makes sense. A lot of those guys have been overdrafted the past couple of years, especially Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. And Damian Pierce, I think it's one of those things where people look at it and it seems like. He'll be the lead back, and like he'll he'll be like the primary, you know, workhorse back, and maybe Rex Burkhead or Marlon Mack might earn some, you know, touches behind him. But I think that's maybe why, like, with so many running back by committees, when you're looking at a guy who seems like will have the role to himself at some point during the season, even if it's like after three or four weeks, that's something that people are really looking for. So. That might be due with why he's gone up so much. But uh, somebody who's going the other way, somebody who's going down, is Antonio Gibson. So yeah, it's concerning. Definitely concerning. They got him kick returning now. Yeah, and I heard a report at one point that Antonio Gibson had asked to do kick returns and things like that because he wanted to prove versatility and then th- it just it doesn't make any sense. And it's one of those things where I think of the season it'll play out like we saw in the preseason where he's out there for the kick return, then he returns the kick, and then 
you know, the offense comes out and he's on the sideline because he's winded from returning the kick and Brian Robinson is now out there with the, with the first-team offense. And that's what happened in a preseason game. Now, maybe in the regular season they work, they work him in more, but it's just it's one of those things where it seems you, you don't see other teams risking their starting running back on special teams, especially doing, like, kick returns because right. it's one of the most likely places to get hurt. That's usually, like, you know, sometimes the third, fourth, fifth wide receivers will have that role. Maybe sometimes a special top-end wide receiver, you know, might do that role, like a right. Debo Samuel right. occasionally or something if you need a big play, but, like, not the primary guy doing it for the season. So. Right, and, and, like, dependent on the situation, like, for instance, with Pacheco, you're happy that he's doing kick returning because if his situation is a seventh-round rookie, right, he's kick returning and he may be the RB2, kick returning keeps him on the roster. Right. Right, and a situation yeah. like Antonio Gibson, who's been in the league for a couple of years, mm-hmm. is, who hasn't done that previously, is now kick returning. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? And we're getting to yeah. Jalen Rager territory. Yeah, it's, to, like, it's almost like they're looking for somewhere else yeah, that he can like provide how, value. How, yeah, how, how do we make this money work for us? Right. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, so I think that's some of the biggest news as far as the players coming out of you know, camp go. I mean, we'll get into some more. We've got some of the teams coming up that we're going to go through. I can't really think of anything major happening in the AFC that we really need to address. Um, things we've already touched on. Traylon Burks didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. He left practice early Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. So, another trend that's continuing. George Pickens still looks like he'll probably run out there in three wide receiver sets with the team. Um, can't really think of anything else major happening over there. Oh, Dontrell Hilliard looks like the backup yeah, for uh, yeah. Derrick Henry. So I know there's some talk about Hassan Haskins, but Dontrell Hilliard looks to be the guy who's going to be the number two there. Although if anything happens to Henry, I imagine they'll go running back by committee. It does appear by all, you know, everything that we've seen, Devin Singletary will be the starting running back for the Bills to open the season. So, and it seems like Zach Moss is still going to have a role. So... James Cook was a little higher on ADP in some drafts before. Like, he was going ahead of some of these, like, later round wide receivers I'd be more anticipated or more excited to take. So just, you know, maybe slow down a little bit on the James Cook. Darren Waller is still not practicing. He hasn't practiced in a few days now. This may or may not be contract-related. It may be injury-related. There's not a lot of news about that. Something to keep an eye on if you're drafting anytime soon, that Darren Waller's availability is currently in question. But I think that's it. So let's move on. We're going to continue our fantasy roster evaluations. We're going to start, in, or we're going to shift over to the NFC. We racked up the AFC last week. Our highest ranked team coming out of the AFC was the Bengals with 31 points overall in our scoring system, and the lowest team was the Houston Texans with 18 points overall. So, and then after the Bengals, we had a couple teams tied for second: Bills, uh, Broncos, Chargers, tw- all tied with 27 points. So. We're going to start off with a division that's probably not going to be as exciting, and that is the NFC North. Start with the uh, Chicago Bears. Go through at quarterback. We got Justin Fields. How are we feeling about Fields this season? Three. So, I'm sorry, let's recap again just to do it every episode just for everyone who might not be following. We're going to rank all these guys on a scoring system from one to five. Five being a lineup lock, four being a weekly starter, three being a guy that you'll probably play in your flex or if it's like a super flex league for quarterbacks or pre- or tight ends. And then two is a bench stash, a guy that you know is either a handcuff to some your running back or a person you'll hope will pop off later in the year. One is don't bother drafting this guy in a redraft league. And this is all redraft. This right? is all redraft. Yeah, this is, this all is redraft. for redraft. Yep. yep. This is redraft. Dynasty will go through it other time if you're 
Yeah, I can't imagine too many people are doing a dynasty draft right now. Right, exactly. Late, just to clarify that. Yep. Yep. All right, so Justin Fields. Three. Three. That's yeah. fair. He's useful in a two-quarterback or a super flex league. I wouldn't be comfortable starting on a weekly basis, especially with how bad his offensive line be. The upside is he runs. He, he's got a lot of upside with his run. Potential, yeah. yeah. So. Hey, that's fair. Trevor Simeon is backup. The one's no value. Can we give a zero, Al? Can we give a zero? <laughs> we, we could. We haven't done it before. But David Montgomery? Four? Yeah, unfortunately, he's a. Uh, I mean, it doesn't feel good to say it, but he is one of those guys where when you go through and rank it, he. I, I mean, I have him. If you have my, him, you're probably playing. I have him inside my top fifteen at running back, yeah. and you might think it's crazy, but then you start going through the running backs, and there's just a huge swath of question marks on the guys right yeah. behind him. So I was arguing yesterday that I just don't think that offense. Like he's gonna get the volume. Um, I think because like, man, that is just, it, it's one of those places like. I hate having to play him. It's not sexy, yeah. It's you're yeah. you're not going to get like twenty five points from him in a given week or something. Probably probably get you you know twelve, fourteen, 15, sixteen yeah. points every Consistent. week, exactly. something like that. So yeah, it's definitely. But again, the problem is you look at guys who are going right after him, and it's guys like you know, Cam Akers, Travis yeah. Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, and like these guys are all like rookies so who came t- off a yeah. major injury. I can't right trust now. these like, guys exactly. Either, yeah. Exactly. The biggest knock I've heard on everybody for David Montgomery is that, you know, they, they switch coaching staffs and, like, they don't have any loyalty to him. Maybe they'll go to Khalil Herbert. And I'm like, well, what loyalty do they really have to Khalil Herbert anyway? I mean, and Montgomery is out there. He's just getting work. Like, in the games that him and Herbert played together, he had 225 rushing attempts. Khalil Herbert had 25. Like, it's not even close when they're playing together. He's... It's unfortunate he's one of those situations where he's going to be the primary back and get a bulk of the work, but they have just a bad offense and a really bad offensive line, so like his upside is capped at that point. Quality of the work. Like he's getting a ton of quantity, but what the, level is the quality? Yeah, you know? and it's not even necessarily his quality. It's just it, this is the this is probably the worst offensive line in the NFL right now. So that all said, Khalil Herbert. Stash? Yeah, like he's, a, he's a two. He's a stash. If David Montgomery goes down, he'll fill in pretty much the same role that David Montgomery was, but he doesn't really have any standalone value, so you're yeah. not starting him. Yeah. No, he showed he's capable he's, as a replacement. He's good, a good, good, good late round pick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, that's a lottery ticket I'd like to be holding. Darrington Evans, one. He has no value. Don't bother wasting a pick on the third running back. This will be an interesting guy up here, Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney. So. They can put him at like a four. That's what I'm kind of leaning towards. I got too. I'm pretty sure I got him at a three. Let me got double check and see. Where I think yeah. Okay, so we're definitely out of five because three point five. Yeah, three point five. Yeah. It's I mean, not it's, a five. I mean, it's somewhere between a weekly starter and a flex. Yeah, yeah. So three and a half. But yeah, if I was gonna lean on it, I, if I pick him, I want him to be playing every week. And so, just at his ADP, I think, I'm not sure what his ADP really is, because I wasn't targeting him. I know he went late in my redraft that I did recently, um, and I was just like, yeah, that's fine. He went for like a dollar or two in an auction draft, you know. Wow. Maybe not a dollar or two, he might have gone for like eight or okay. nine. But like, very cheaply, Cheap, you know. Yeah. He's definitely, he didn't cost a lot. Because like, dude, what, when I was like, when I pulled up my tier list, it's like, when you get to that tier, guys, there's a ton of those guys. Like, so, I mean... I guess I would probably yeah I guess more three for me. Well, what about you guys? Darnell Mooney's current ADP is ninety two is uh, ninety two. So yeah, like, I think that's like about right probably. I think he'll beat that ADP. You think he'll beat that ADP? I think he'll beat that. He ADP. He's going too. as wide receiver twenty five. So 
I think he'll be that you know. At that value, I li- I have him as wide receiver 27 in my ranking. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of close to the... I'm a little behind ADP or the ranking, no, but yeah. uh, it's close enough. Like, I think we're all probably within, like, a, a variance of, like, eight positions, probably, that can so, take eight to ten. Uh... I guess we can call him four then, because like you said, at the point where you're drafting him, you're probably drafting him at the spot where you need him to be a starter for you at that point. I mean, but do you, is that how you feel about him? That he's a four? I feel is like that how four. I feel about him? No, I wouldn't want to start Darnell Mooney consistently on a weekly basis. That's why I have him at 27. There are a couple yeah. other guys that I'd rather grab and feel better about ahead. But again, I have certain guys ahead of him that, like, you know, I have DeAndre Hopkins ahead of him. If if I'm looking at Darnell Mooney and DeAndre Hopkins, I'm taking Darnell Mooney because I don't trust what DeAndre Hopkins is, but I, you yeah. still have to rank DeAndre Hopkins appropriately or at a certain point. It's not even so much name value. It's a matter of balancing, like, what's the floor if it falls out and what's the upside if he's there. And So, but three. <laughs> three? Three? Three. Okay. Yeah. Valus Jones. I mean, to be honest, outside of Darnell Mooney and possibly Cole Komet, I'm not sure I want anything to do with any of these picks. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that you want to draft any of these guys. You you don't want to start your season off with Valus Jones on your bench. There's Mm, better guys We could pencil him, Pringle, and Nikhil Harry as a one. Yeah, maybe two. Nikhil Harry would be two. No. No. And Kiel Harry got hurt, didn't he? I'm pretty sure Nikhil Harry got hurt. (laughs) Stop. He, I like how you don't even, uh, you won't even accept, accept any jokes about it. No, just because, done. Shut uh, it down. No, it's done. Get him out. Mm-hmm. Get him out. All right. Then let's not what, spend too much Kiel time. And Harry, I'm pretty sure he's already out. Is what I'm saying. Who, who we got next on this list? Or is that the rest? Of, is that the end of that? Uh, no, that's the end of the wide Cole, receivers. Then we have Cole Komet. So <laughs> Cole Komet may have some value this I, year. I like him this year, man. I do. You guys are on the Cole Komet train. Always have been. Always will be. For reasons that we can't explain. But. I don't. Yeah. It's it's like. It is weird because you guys talking I mean, about. I don't even know who this guy is. Barely. So like. he had about he had over ninety targets last year, and he didn't score a touchdown. He is like sucking gag to me. He like. got vultured by Jimmy Graham, mm-hmm. and I can't forget the other guy who who combined those two guys had six touchdowns. They're gone. Mm-hmm. It's the Cole Komet show now. You have to figure a little bit of positive regression in terms of like red zone targets and touchdown opportunities now yeah. that those guys are gone. So. He he had ninety. You see ninety targets. Those guys are gone. Kind of giving a little bit of positive regression for it. You got to think he's right. oh, he's over a hundred, hundred ten targets, and he's going to see some more red zone opportunities if he falls in the end zone four times. Yeah, we're so, looking at a guy who's got a lot of upside. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So realistically, I think we're gonna. I'm gonna give him a three because like, he's like to give him a forward to give him a forward mean like I feel good about. Four. I'm sorry. To give him a forward, I mean, like, I feel good about starting him on a weekly basis. And I don't know that I can say that to start the season yeah. where it's like, yeah, I'm just good with, yeah, you got to see a little bit more. But I'd be, if it, you know, tight end premium or, like, if you wait on tight ends and you you miss that train and you happen to end up with them, I'm not sitting there, like, pulling my hair out that I have, you know, Cole Komet. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right. So that wraps it up for the Bears. We'll move on to the Detroit Lions next. Quarterback Jared Goff. Thought, saw a flex play, right? Go for super flex leagues. I don't know how I feel about yeah, the go one for super flex. Yeah, I'm not playing too yeah, much. He's a, he's a streamer on in anything but. So three? Yeah. Tim Boyle's a one. No interest in Tim Boyle. Zero if possible. Uh, DeAndre Swift? Five. 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 Lineup lock. Lineup Got lock. lock. RB1 this year. I don't know if I'm going that far, but I year. like it. <laughs> Uh, Jamal Williams. 
Three? Somewhere between a two and a three. Yeah. Yeah, that's the bait. Cause he's, he's a he's a matchup dependent three, but I guess I guess it, when I think about carrying him on my bench, am I at this point in the season? I think since the season hasn't started yet, is there better people that you can carry on your bench typically than Jamal Williams, or is he like a fifth fifth? You know, the last guy on your bench. Yes. Probably two then. Yeah, then he's probably a two. I think he's a two. Yeah, he's a two then. With two with upside. Yeah. Yeah, he's a two. Yeah. I don't think there's. When I think about what a three would be, yeah, it's it's probably a two. But uh, all right, who we got next? Uh, I think we are settled on that last player. We did a two, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a two. Jamal Williams. Yeah. Uh, Craig Reynolds one. Move on. Uh, wide receiver, Amon Ross, St. Brown. How do we feel about St. Brown this year? I'm feeling a three, I think. Uh, I think there's an argument that he is a four, um, and I think that you can put him in either spot. Yeah. For me personally, I feel three. Yeah. I'm three as well. I have him lower than Darnell Mooney. I had an option to get him, and every time it came around for me to nominate a guy for an auction, I passed up on him just because there was more guys on the board that were – the same tier, and I just felt better about, like, I mean, the guys that are veterans that have done what he did last year, where, like, it was an amazing rookie season, but those guys have done that five years in a row. Done multiple times. They've done, yeah. And it's like, that's just like, for redraft, I'm just going to pick the bet. Like, the guy who hasn't... Take the proven commodity. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I do understand the upside, but I think he's shown his upside. Like, okay. at, to a level. Because, like, he's capped by, I think, just being on the lines offense, honestly. It hurts a little bit. Like Jared Goff isn't some gun slinging. That's true. Guy, That's true. so. But right, I also really like him for Dynasty board. You got him yes. as a three too. I have him a three as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm nervous. I don't want him to rely on. Uh, I I question whether or not he'll definitively be the wide receiver one for that team when everything is said and done. And not like that I particularly. Uh, this might be a wide receiver one by committee sort of thing. And I know everyone's really a hype on Amon Ross St. Brown, but he wasn't really involved prior to TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams all getting hurt and going down. I mean, you can. I mean, you can take a look at it right there. You can see the last six weeks when he was going off, he had double-digit targets in all of those games. I, just, I, I don't see it's that. Sustainable. I don't it's the only this. time he had double-digit targets, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, he had more targets in, like, you know, the three of those games than he did the entire rest of the season. And it's just one of those things where... Yeah, just to quantify, he had two double-digit fantasy points prior to all those guys going down. Yeah. He- yeah, would you say you guys got him at three as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's at three for now. I would like to be able to rate him as a four next year. I like him like as a player. I think he looks great. I think, I think he's got a chance to ascend yeah. this year, but exactly. I need to see more before. Oh no, I just like him as like a dynasty kind of long term. I, I would like him more for redraft this year than dynasty because I just I think if it, this is one of those situations where I look at it and kind of like I look at Elijah Moore over with the Jets where it's like, I think if this team felt that this guy could have been their wide receiver one, they wouldn't have just spent, you know, a top 15 draft pick to grab another wide receiver right. to replace him. So I, like, I, I think totally Jamison Williams yeah. was drafted for a reason. I think they signed DJ Chark for a reason, even if DJ Chark isn't their number one. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like TJ Hawkinson will be the number one wide receiver, and DeAndre Swift might finish second in, in targets and receptions. You know what I mean? And then it's Amon um, Ross St. Brown and, you know, whatever's left over for everybody else. Could it's be just, uh, the result of, like, one of those great football players, not great for fantasy players. Could be. Very yeah. well, could be. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, that was a little bit much when we all kind of agreed on it. But uh, okay. DJ Chark? 
know. Is he worth a stash? Now this is we don't want to talk about that long. Is he I worth mean, a stash? No, I don't want him if he's if he's on my team right now on my bank to start the season. No, like I think there's better people out there on the waivers. Uh, man, actually, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I think you could second to last spot in the bank, maybe. That's tough, man. Because he's shown he can do it, but he hasn't done it in so long. Yeah. He got hurt last year, which is why. So I have him at a wide receiver 46. So that would make him a bench stash for me. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, putting him at a toe. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm putting him at a toe. Jamison Williams for redraft this year. I don't know. Are we buying in for I don't know a week He's eight a or nine or ten? These all those rookie all those rookie guys that are completely unproven. I would say outside of like maybe Pickens is being drafted more as a three, but like uh, like I think Williams is fair. He's a two. He's a two. Yeah, like you, this is a guy who is a great guy to take a flyer on at the end when there's nobody else left. All you have left is unproven guys that are either rookies or sophomores. And vets that have never, that have always shown that their their floor is going to be their typical season, you know. So you take a flyer on a guy that's got upside. Uh, just so ESPN ADP, uh, DJ Chark is wide receiver fifty eight. Okay. Yeah, I think he so, went on draft in my redraft place. So yeah, I think he I would. Him. That's surprising me. That I guess it depends on who favors who. But you would figure somebody who's going as the fiftieth wide receiver is probably drafted in most leagues because yeah. most leagues are ten team and you're gonna have six wide receivers at least 12, on your bench. He, he's also he's never been a big name, so like I feel like in casual leagues more often people don't even know who he is. Like yeah. only the people who have owned him once. And he had like yeah. one decent season and then. Not so good season than an Urban Meyer season and yeah. injuries. Yeah, that's cursed. That's cursed. Yeah. All right, and then my main concern with Jamison Williams is I don't know when he's going to take the field to play. So if you have an IR spot or enough bench spots to stash him, but if you're in you know like a super competitive league where people are paying attention and picking guys up and off the waiver wire and you need to be active on that or you don't have like a deep bench thing, it's hard to keep somebody who's not playing for the first. You know, at least the first four weeks, weeks because they have they have him on the NFI, so he's got to miss at least the first four weeks. But I mean, realistically, he's missing at least eight to ten games. So that would you what you expect? It's gonna, well, even when he gets activated, it's going to take him time to get in the game shape and get up to speed and get ready to rock. Right. How much are you going to? I know he's really good and all that. How much value does a rookie wide receiver coming off a torn ACL on the Detroit's line offense have when he's at his you know, when he's the number so, one target for the last four or five weeks. Like, so what's I'm, I'm not sure the answer to that, but I'm reminded like of a similar situation a few years back. I don't remember what the injury was to the guy, but Odell Beckham, he missed the beginning of the season, the first like eight weeks or so, nine weeks as his rookie year, and then he came in, it was a waiver wire pickup, and the dude blew up and carried teams to the playoffs, the championships, and... I'm not saying Williams can do that, but the situation's a little bit similar. I mean, they're both first-round picks, both expected to miss the first half or so of the season. This is a great guy to, to I think, look to target around week six and, like, pull him off See, the waiver wire. Just, There'll be, like, like low-level I mean, news around him. At that point, like, what else are you really getting off the waiver wire? Yeah. I mean, you could take that, that shot, you, you know? Like, you know, he'll start getting back into it. Dude, this is a great guy that, could, that you could pick up, like, halfway through the season. But you're going to have to just risk it because you can't carry him. For the whole season, I don't think. I, yeah, you, you. I imagine you're, you're losing. You're yeah. losing so much potential. There, start like, getting into bye weeks if yeah. he's not back yet at that point. Right. You, you start putting. But like, in the if line. you if you strike at the right time when you have the opportunity, like you maybe pick him up like week five, six, and then you carry him for a couple weeks before he starts playing. 
but so I, I do to get back to your question right I don't know how much value that provides but I've we've seen a similar situation play out and it returned a lot of value I'm not saying that's gonna be, that's what's gonna happen in this case but yeah, right. it has been, ha- it happened in the past all right, so we'll give him a two. He's a stash, is stash, yeah, stash at best, with yeah. the possibility to, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you pass on in the draft, I don't think you're crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Josh Reynolds then is a one. We have no interest in that. T.J. Hawkinson. I'm to, I'm uh, torn between a four and a five. I, I I'm leaning towards five. I think if you draft T.J. Hawkinson, you're just kind of setting him and not really. Five. Yeah, yeah it's a five. Yeah, it's five. Um, and just just to circle back real quick on the we said about Odell Beckham he had a, a torn hamstring he had a tear three grade okay. a, a tear grade three um, and then he came back he came back in November November twenty third when he made his his debut nice could be a similar situation to watch for Jameson okay yeah but again a longer term play so you got to keep that in mind and absolutely and you got that's you something you you you've got to think about if you're going to take him and you got to make sure your team can support something yes. like that you're so, taking him with hopes that week ten and beyond he might be able to provide some value you're not getting much before that yeah like anything like if you come out of your draft with DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Thomas, and Jamison Williams, you, you've done something terribly you're wrong. I think <laughs> you, you've done something terribly wrong. I think really what this whole situation with him is is that like it's a good opportunity to like look at like the your like philosophy of like how you're going to play fantasy in, in general. Because like I don't want to carry a guy for ten weeks that in redraft that is not only going to get value at the very end, and that's speculative. Like he might come back and he might just be an eight point a week guy in a half PPR league. And at that point, you literally wasted a roster spot on a guy all season. And, like, that's why, because, like, I see this more as, like, there's so many other guys I'd rather carry through the first half of the season. Like, it's like, oh, this guy's actually going to play football for seven weeks, you know? All right. And so, yeah, so I think that's enough about yeah. uh, the Lions finished grading all those players there. Let's move on then to the Green Bay Packers. Let you go, Rich. Hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers, five. Lock him in. Ayahuasca Aaron. Yeah, Ayahuasca Aaron. He's going to be dialed in this year, man. Yeah. Oh, he's he's going to be thrown with his third eye. He's meditating with the shamans. Yeah, I think I, I heard that he was floating uh, above a lake in Green Bay. Yeah? yeah. I, heard he was, I heard he was walking on water, too. Yeah. That's, he's ready, dude. A lot of rivers out there right yeah. now. And the a lot of things. Beat writers are crazy. Anyway, I heard he was forced to defend himself at a bar, and he was unjustly sent to prison for it. And then he got on a plane that was taken over by terrorists. And about the Conair? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. He throws the football. His tele- best friend's a black guy with diabetes. Oh man! <laughs> He's throwing the football. Did you like that? Him. Did you like that Step Brothers reference there too? Where you asked me if it was the plot of the movie, and I said no, and then told you about his best friend. <laughs> uh, We're all sorts weird. of, you know, into the different pop culture. Yeah, that was like the right. weirdest way to say it for somebody who's not as old as it made me sound when I said that right there. All right, anyway, that was enough nonsense. Jordan loves a one. One, keep it moving. Aaron Jones. Four or five is where I'm coming down at. So Aaron Jones. Five? I mean, you, you have him, you're playing him. Yeah. I say, I think with uh, with the lack of talent or with the lack of proven talent at wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, Rodgers may rely more on Aaron Jones, and we've seen that before. When Devontae Adams has gone out, Aaron Jones' target share has gone up, and Aaron 
Aaron Rodgers has mentioned that. Aaron Rodgers has said a lot of things this offseason about what's going on in the offense, which I think is a little weird. Like, he just seems to be giving a lot of insight into what's going on. He comes out, he's praising some of the young guys one week and then turning around and, you know, walking it back the next week and basically saying there's too many mistakes and drops and he wants the most, the best 11 out there. He made a comment essentially that he wants the best 11 out there and he feels that. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are part of that best 11, so they want to run plays where both of them are out there. So that's just, again, what Aaron Rodgers is saying. I think I'd take him at his word. Yeah, I think you got kind of, you know, on that team and all that, you kind of have to. So how do we feel about A.J. Dillon then if Aaron Rodgers is saying they're both going to? I think he's a, he's a flex play until we, you know, we see how they're going to be used. Like there's some speculation that Aaron Jones might get some run from the slot. Which they'll, they'll both be on the field together. If that is the case, then you got to boost both their values up, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're not really going to be split in work per se, but both on the field at the same time, like they're, they're both going to have standalone value. They'll both be be starters. I agree that he's more of a flex play to start off with. He's just a higher upside flex play because were something to happen to Aaron Jones, and we have seen Aaron Jones get banged up before. He's not necessarily the biggest guy. AJ Dillon then inherits that role essentially onto right. himself and would be and top, becomes a, a uh, essentially a top running five back. running yeah. back at yes, that point. Absolutely, so he's just a very high upside flex play, but yeah, not necessarily somebody you're locking in as a weekly starter. Running back three, we're not worried about one. Okay, keep it moving. I don't even know why we do that stuff. So this brings us over to the wide receivers and the wide receiver depth chart. So let's just talk about this then. Uh, the wide receivers competing for roles essentially are going to be Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dubs. Dobbs, sorry. Dobbs. Those are going to be Give the fi- those are going to be the five wide receivers competing for the spots. Don't get it twisted. <sighs> How do we want to start? So. I got Lazard as as a flex play for now. Um, Sammy Watkins to me is a I don't know who's probably gonna blow up week one like he does every year, <laughs> and then he's gonna get hurt. Three touchdowns. If I gotta stash one of these y- younger wide receivers, I'm taking Dobbs. Mm-hmm. You know he hasn't missed time yet. He's been able to build that rapport and that chemistry with Rodgers. I mean Christian Watson's just gotten back. I feel like it might take him a little bit of time to get going and get situated, yeah. get on the same page with Rodgers. But this pass catching situation is. Uh, it's a little muddy, man. It's a little muddy. So I have no interest in Sammy Watkins whatsoever. Yeah, he's a one for me. Pretty similar there. There, it's essentially to me what I'm trying to say. It's a three-way. There's three outcomes for the wide receiver one for me in this. It's Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs. And the problem is Christian Watson hasn't practiced at all for the past two or three weeks or something he like just that. Got so back. He just got back we haven't back. seen much of him with Roger. He hasn't allowed, had a lot of time to build any rapport. I know Alan Lazard is kind of a guy Rogers has talked about and defended for a bit, but it's also one of those things where it's like at the same time, again, just like why did the Packers then feel the need to go invest three draft picks into the wide receiver and bring Sammy Watkins in in addition to bringing Randall Cobb back last year and – we just haven't really ever seen it. And I, I I know he's a decent football player, but I don't know if he can. I don't know if he's got the skills and all that to be that wide receiver one. Especially in Green Bay, think about we. There's that you know image you always see where there's like three defenders lined up over Devontae Adams to start the play, and it's like what happens to Alan Lazard when he's got two defenders on him every play? Like, is he realistically beating that competition on a play-to-play basis? Like, I put more stock in one of the rookies to do it. So. 
I mean, I have Alan Lazard at 45, but I'm not... I, I, that's a bench stash to me. Like, I'm not comfortable starting him or, or, like, even playing him in the flex. That's the that's the best I would do for really glad I don't whoever you want to say yeah. is the wide receiver one. You are stashing this person at the moment because you cannot reliably start any one of these guys going into week one or week two. You, you need to give it a few weeks and see how it plays out. That's fair. So, I think for the wide receiver one for the Packers, we give it a two and then... I mean, when's the last time a second Packers wide receiver was consistently useful on a fantasy basis? Yeah, it's been a while. Um, maybe since uh, when Jordy Nelson was there? Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb together. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give the other guys ones then, and maybe it'll be one of the situations where instead of there being you know one superstar and then a bunch of nobodies, there'll be two decent guys who might turn out to be flex plays on a weekly basis, but I don't. that doesn't seem yeah. to usually be how Aaron Rodgers does it. So. I'm, uh, I'm going to stash Dobbs. I know he's not on our list here, but if I'm stashing any of these dudes, I'm stashing Dobbs. I like the upside, man. Yeah, I'm stashing Dobbs as well, but, like, gosh, I feel terrible about all those receivers. And there's something about Randall Cobb, just seeing the name on piece of paper, just, like, brings a single tear to my eye just for (laughs) – he used to be so good, man. I think I'm still leaning towards Watson. I think again he still he has all of the raw talent and all everything there to develop into that guy. It's just a matter of whether or not he can do it, and he just is a few weeks behind because he's got injured yeah. and missed time. So I think he'll be good later. Uh, that brings us to Robert Tunyon at tight end. When has Green Bay's tight end ever been useful? I mean, it may now that they need pass catching help, but. So I was going to say, I think Robert Tunyon's role would be entirely touchdown dependent. With Devontae Adams gone, he needs the big body guy in the red zone. That's also part of the reason I lean towards Christian Watson with his 6'4 frame. So, But it's kind of a touchdown dependent tight end there. So what is that? I would call that a three. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. Tight end premium, maybe. Two tight ends. And then the Minnesota Vikings. So Kirk Cousins... I want to say a four. I don't feel great if I'm leaving a draft with Kirk Cousins in my start. I wouldn't call him a lineup lock. But I'm also not, like, necessarily worried if Kirk Cousins is my starter in a, you know, 10-, 12-team league. It's, it's not ideal, but I think that means that I probably invested heavily in other positions to get an advantage there. Yeah, I'm okay with, with Cousins being a weekly starter. I mean, I think you can do worse than Cousins at the quarterback position. I mean, I see him around that. 11 to 14 or 15 range. He's never had a top 10 finish, but like I think it was seven of the past like eight years he's finished inside the top 13. So he's like always 11, 12, 13, but never in 10 or higher. So, yeah, fair. Kellen Mond will just give a one. We don't need to worry about the backup yeah, quarterback. I mean, if Kirk Cousins goes down, I think you're uh, you're not picking up Kellen Mond. No. Dalvin Cook, the five. Yeah, if you fine. draft him, you you're playing him. Starting him. Alexander Madison, he's got. To, he's one of the best handcuffs to own, right? Like, yeah, he's a he's a two though. He's still. I was gonna say he's a two. Yeah, but he's, he's one, one of the best, best twos. The best yeah. twos. So I was gonna say the twos. difference between him and AJ Dillon is AJ Dillon will still has some standalone value even with Aaron Jones playing, and Alexander Madison has no value if Dalvin Cook is yeah. on the field. So. Yeah. And then one for their RB3. We don't need to worry about that. Can I Nguano. Wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson, five. Lineup lock, 
probably the number one wide receiver this he year. He should be a six on the scale of one to five. Yeah, Just he, he, really he should be a six. <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't do that for certain other guys. We could have. No, it's okay. It's fine. We're done for Jefferson, yeah. though. Yep, he's in a tier of his own almost. So. Right. That's great. So, five for Justin five. Jefferson. Yes. Next two wide receivers, Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. Osborne, I think, is easier. I think it remains to be seen, but I see him being a solid flex, op- flex option this season. Really? Certain weeks where they're... You think he's a three? I, I really think the Vikings offense is going to lean a lot more pass-heavy than it has in the past. I, I have been hearing that the Vikings are going to start going more three wide receiver sets than they have in the, the past. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Adam Fair. Phelan is now 32, 33. He's dealt with some injuries. So I actually have... More for a dynasty, as you were saying earlier, sir, Plants. I feel this is the year Adam Thielen phases out and KJ Osborne phases in. But I, I was leaning more to it's a two myself, so I'm between Osborne. a two and a three, yeah. 2.5, classic. Um, we could put him as two. Wait and see. Yeah, what about he's probably going to start on your. He's probably going to start the season so on your bank, let's, but he could get in your Let's do this. Fast. Let's do wide receiver two for the Vikings. We'll give a three. And then the wide receiver three spot will give a two because there is still yeah, some potential exactly. value to the other wide receiver. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think it's Daniel's still going to be a problem in the red zone, man. Yeah. He, he gets a ton of red zone targets. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm saying we'll give one a three and one a two because trying to grade it appropriately. Saying it's like this will be KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen's gone. It'll be eight Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne will be anything. Actually, these guys might have different values at times, but I want to balance it out score wise so they don't the whole team doesn't just get tanked by that. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, we can just give a one. He's not not worried about the wide receiver four there. Irv Smith Jr. It's interesting because I, I see this dude always hyped to the moon every year around this time of the year. You go online, you see it on Twitter, you see it on Reddit, some of the, the fantasy football stars. Everybody's hyping up Irv Smith. This is the year he breaks out. This is the year he steps up, and he's a, he's a top six, top five tight end. Yeah. And then four or five weeks into the season, you're like, where is it? I don't see it. It's not happening. Yeah. So I you buying in this year? So last year he got hurt. He's uh, a one for me because I don't know who he is. I mean, he's played. I know who he is, but uh, he's I, such a gag to me. It's like there's certain players. Just, that are I like always him. see him talked about as yeah, a breakout candidate. And I'm yeah, just like, I was just why I was looking. I was like, I don't know if I've heard about him that much. This will be his fourth season. So yeah, last year he was hurt. He hurt his hand. Three straight years, I hear about he's going to break out and he's going to be this this awesome. And I mean, well, if you're, but if you're hearing about it in his rookie season, then you were listening that, to hype about a rookie tight end. I'm just like, saying, you know it's what just, I mean? well, he's at year four, so he's already passed where he should be. He's going to be broken out. He's he going into to, year four. He was so supposed he, to play in Rudolph. He played his rookie season. He played his sophomore season. He got hurt last year and didn't play any games. Rookie season, which is fine and normal. No, he got he had three good games in his sophomore season twenty twenty. I know what he didn't play last year. Yeah, he got hurt last year. Yeah, and he didn't play. He so had like, three hundred and eleven he had what's it called? Thirty six catches, three hundred eleven yards in twenty nineteen and thirty catches, three hundred and sixty five yards in twenty twenty. Two touchdowns in twenty nineteen, five in twenty twenty. And I think that's the hype you were hearing about is that after that year it was like, oh well his touchdowns went up and he couldn't be more involved with Kyle Rudolph going out. And then he got hurt and didn't play at all last year. And so now it's back to the, well, now he's the number one tight end there with, you know, Rudolph and everybody else gone. And This is the definition of a gag, dude. There is no more guys that are, like, just, this is just a random well, dude. He's 6'2", he's 240. This is the tight end position as well is what you have to remember. Yeah. So you don't have a whole lot of options. He's going as tight end 18 is on 
ESPN's ADP. I, I, I feel like I'm going so, pretty um, hard on him right now, too. I yeah, don't know why. You are, I feel like, you're growing yeah, for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> I, I'm Just sorry. a jag, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Definition of a jag. <laughs> like, I mean, most. I, I don't need to be giving it. I, I feel me. I feel like I'm being mean, nervous right now. He's probably a great guy. I'm just frying. Look at his picture. He looks he's like a, a great guy. Yeah. Look at that smile. That's a beautiful. Here's smile. what you have to remember about tight ends. So let me just point this out. So let me the roster percentage ship on ESPN. Right. So you got 99, 99, 99, 98, 99, 96, 94, 91, 89, 86, 82. 82, 78, 64, 62, 43. So you've got like 15 tight ends that are rostered in over 50% of leagues, and that's it. And then it drops off to 40% or below. He is one of those guys beneath that line. So let me see. Let's. Noah Fant is the is tight end 15, and he's the last guy who's rostered in over 50% of leagues. So that's what you have to remember about the tight end position when we're talking about it. That being said, he's Aerosmith's probably a stash. You're not starting him reliably, and I don't know, even in like a tight end premium or, you know, two tight end league, if you want. He's a one to me. I'd give him a two. I'd give I, him a two. I, he's got two's potential. Five. Two's fine. Put him down at whatever. I don't want to buy the hype. People can buy the hype. I don't want to me. Stop. I hope he blows up, though, so then we can just come yeah, back. Yeah, I to hope he does, too, because I'm so mean. And we now, come back to you yeah, with you He's just a jag. Yeah. <laughs> The difference, like, I don't view him any differently than I view, like, the six tight ends in front of him. You know what I mean? Like, if you tell me at the end of the season that Irv, that Irv Smith finishes above Noah Fant as far as tight end yeah. rankings, like, I'm not surprised at all on Noah Fant, like I said, his yeah. roster in 62%. Also, yeah, it's also going to be in the, regardless, they're all going to be mid-tier trash can guys I mean, I don't care about. If, if you read the... the the business on, on the Dynasty Football subreddit and the Fantasy Football subreddit... Mm. Irv Smith's about to be like tight end two. Don't I don't believe it at all. I must have been skipping those threads. Yeah, I don't know. There is some hype on Irv Smith. I don't go down the subreddit rat hole, uh, rabbit holes like you know when you're bored. Rich sometimes, does. sometimes yeah. there's nothing. I, I go down the rabbit holes. I just haven't been on that one. I go down. I get I, I, Rich, I feel I like ignore, your brain is nothing but a string. Of I ignore threads. all Irv Smith <laughs> string, news. My so. brain is nothing but a rabbit hole. I, I see news about Irv Smith. I'm like this. This is not important to me. I just skip it. <laughs> Irv Smith. Throwing <laughs> out. <laughs> Get him out. He's like, well, I, I can't allow him to take up brain space for me. So, ADP-wise, Ersmith's going ahead of Hayden Hurst, Albert O, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon. That's that's crazy to me because give me Hooper and give me Albert O. And who was the other one? Hayden Hurst. Me, no. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Even, I hate, listen, I'm not a big fan of Evan Ingram, but one, we know Doug Peterson loves the tight ends. And yeah. Someone's got to catch passes in Jacksonville. I hate this as well, too. But anyway, let's move on from Irv Smith. All right, so that wraps up the NFC North. And giving a tally up of our totals, we have the Bears with 21, the Lions with 26, the Packers with 24, and the Vikings with 27. Now, if I told you going in beforehand, would you believe me if I said that we'd have the Lions with a higher uh, grade of fantasy relevance than the Packers? No. I would not have believed you either. It's because it's so spread out. Like, it's that, that wide receiver core is just tough, man. Tough yeah. for Green Bay. Tigers will be definitely obviously a better team, but oh, for sure. Yeah, I think the problem is there's not an extreme difference between the running backs either with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams versus Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, other than Dillon having more value than Jamal Williams. But yeah, 
No, it's surprising. I mean, again, what are you going to do? Robert Tunyon's not like a shoe-in for tight end. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson's a better tight end than he is. The wide receiving core, again, we just feel better. It's, I mean, it, it is what it is. We'll probably be proven wrong at the end of the year when everything's all said and done and <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has a 1,500-yard wide receiver out there. But, you know. So that wraps up the NFC North. We're going to take it over then to the other side and go to the NFC South. And we'll start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, quarterback, we'll start with Tom Brady. He's a lineup lock, right? He's a lineup not not lock, much yeah. argument there. No. Blaine Gabbert, we want nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, uh, running back, Leonard Fournette. Four. Four. Really? Mm-hmm. We're not locking him in the lineups this year? No. I'm nervous about Fournette. His main, yep. his main role last year came from all of his volume in the passing game. As far as the running game goes, his numbers weren't particularly impressive, and it's just... I don't know. I feel like outside of, you know, it's just Tom Brady's history of making one running back the guy and getting them 20 touches a game isn't usually what we've seen. And I'm sorry. Here's my main concern. Their offensive line. They've lost three starters from last year, and they've lost a backup who is going to be a starter for them. So for the foreseeable future, they lost Ali Marpet. Uh, Ryan Jensen is done for, the se- or done for most of the season with an injury. No, he's done for the season. He tore his ACL. Yep. And then they lost another... Offensive lineman whose name is escaping me at the moment, besides Marpet and Jensen. Right. And then one of their backups who was going to take over the starting role also got hurt. So they're really down on the offensive line. So I'm just not sure how effective the run game's going to be. Maybe it'll lead to a lot of checkdowns, but I just I don't know if Tom Brady wants to be checking down. I don't know if that's the recipe for them to win, is Tom Brady to check it down on Leonard Fournette all game. So. Uh, I do still have him inside of the top 15 because he is Tom Brady's favorite. You know, running back, and if Tom Brady likes the guy, then they're going to get work, and he should score touchdowns, and he'll probably still be the lead back in there, and we'll still see several targets a game. I'm just not expecting several games in a row where he's getting, you know, like his last four games that he was healthy, eight targets, eight targets, seven targets, seven targets. I don't know if I see that consistently over the season. He also missed the last four games due to injury, so he's got a lot of usage. He's hitting that. He's getting close to that running back fall-off age. And the offensive line isn't particularly good. So there's there's just a lot of red flags with Leonard Fournette. And the reason it isn't a drop further is because there's even more red flags with all the running backs behind him. But Okay. Her. All right, I'm giving him four. Yeah. Brings us to Rashad White. Two? Stash, maybe? I... Two or one. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't. it's not that big of a deal which, which one it is. I feel like he's more of a one for me. I'd rather stash other guys. I'm going to call him a two. But I, he, he's, he could 100% be a two and be completely fine. I'm okay with having him on your bike. And, you know, maybe he gets work in the beginning of the year. Yeah. That's fine. There's, I'd rather have him than other guys, I guess. Keyshawn Vaughn. Something ha- yeah, I was going to say, if something yeah. happens for Nat, then it should be Rashad White. So he's got some potential upside, so maybe a stash. Brings us to the wide receivers. We got uh, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a five for me. I got him as a lineup block. I agree. I know there's talk about how last year when they were playing together, Chris, you know, Chris Godwin was the number one wide receiver above all of them. He's coming back from a torn ACL, so we don't know. Even if he comes back and, and plays week one, is he really back to 100% Chris Godwin playing week one? Is he on a limited snap count? How long until he's Chris Godwin? I just think... And Mike Evans just has always had a consistent role. He's kind of the touchdown guy there. I expect that role, you know, we got, touchdowns are hard to predict, but with Rob Gronkowski gone there, there's only one guy left on that offense who's, you know, 6'4 plus that can catch those balls in the in the red zone. So 
you know you're going to have the two weeks against the Saints where Mike Evans is going to be borderline unstartable. But other than that, I'm, I'm pretty good with Mike Evans going in on a week-to-week basis and not thinking twice about it. I agree. What, what uh, matchup song do you like? Chris Godwin, four or five, or are you lower? I, he's, I'm there. I'm 4.5, I think. I mean, it's, uh, he is. It's just like, where is he, he at? He, he might not play. I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I'm playing in week one. It remains to be seen where he's at. It all depends on what when the reports are. When he's back and he's healthy, you're playing yeah. him. Yep. That's the only thing that's keeping him from a five for me was the fact that he's not might not play right away. It might take him some time to get back right. to him. but Yeah. Um, you, you risk possibly two weeks where he's not playing. You, you honestly could risk a few more than that. He's, yeah, it might be. You're right. His ADP is currently wide receiver 27, so he's being drafted borderline to be a starting He's technically a flex at that point. If you're in a 12 team league, that's a flex play. Mm-hmm. So, well, he's wide receiver too. But really. it's again, that's more of a balance because once he comes, like if the last, if the second half of the season, the last eight games or so, he goes back to bring Chris Godwin, that's wide receiver one material. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's the balancing act between the two. So that's why I'm with a four. Where I'm happy okay with his with ADP. I, if I could get him at his ADP, I'd be pretty happy about that. I had him ranked higher. I might need to readjust that. Yeah. Due to the injury, I had him like 15th, I think overall. I think I was a little less worried about the injury, but now I'm starting to get a little more worried about it. I don't know. Just, the reports were so optimistic about him, and <clears throat> yeah, I think we know where he's going. He'll probably do about what he does every year. I think. Russell Gage. Three? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm kind of leaning. I think we'll have some flex. Yeah, okay, some flex Russell weeks. Gage be my flex play from week to week. For some weeks, yeah, yeah by week filling, you know, give you some Probably flex plays. Should he's, it, you know, if he's on your bench, I think that's a good spot for him to be. You could, <laughs> you could do a lot worse. Yeah, you do a lot worse. Yeah. So. I was going to say, I need to go back and reevaluate that. I think I was a little too down on Russell Gage when I did my rankings and. Think I think again I was more buying into more of the Chris Gobbins gonna might be ready for week one and start playing sort of hype and I was like well if he's playing by week one if it takes him only three or four games to get back up to it then how much value does Russell Gage have after that and blah 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 but it's like it could take fine. it could yeah. take Russell Gage and they Tom Brady's had three fantasy relevant wide receivers yeah. on the team before so no I know it's Tom Brady dude yeah no Gronk it's Tom Brady like you know he throws that ball and it's accurate and those guys I mean they'll. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of last year, they're very capable. Tom Brady was supporting Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. Yeah, and, it's nuts. And Gronkowski was was good. It's still relevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. So three for Gage then. I think it's fair. Okay. Yeah. Tyler Johnson one. Yeah, take him. Take well, him at the one. It would technically be Julio Jones now. Yeah, now it's Julio. Yeah. Instead of Tyler Johnson, still a one. Still a one. <laughs> Don't draft Julio Jones this year, people. I don't Cameron, know how yeah. many more times you need to fall for that, but don't draft Julio Jones. What about Cameron Bray? Are we drafting him? I'm putting him at one. I wouldn't go that far. Wouldn't go that far. What, what do you know? What, what tight end you have him at? Like what is eighty? Like what? What <laughs> tight end? What like ten? No, he's I 10. haven't done my tight he's ends 10. yet. Obviously, he's a lot lower than that. But was he like? <laughs> the, yeah, he might be twenty. Yeah, twenty. I don't know. I mean, dude. Yeah, you. What do you guys think he has? I have him a one, probably. He's on I my. Think, I think I'm with uh, Michael on <laughs> this one. He's on my dynasty team, but he might be. I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> no, it's Cade Otten who I have. You have Cade. I have Cade. Mm. Who's also a one. 
I don't think they have Cameron Braden inside the top 50 there. <laughs> so. At the tight end position? <laughs> yeah. They forget about him? <laughs> Never got to type his I name. Mean, I have to imagine, listen, we're not big on Cameron Braden at all. Like, that's fair to say. I, but I have to imagine he returns more value than tight end 50. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, for sure. See, Kate Otten at 52. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a value right there. Am I on Did he get cut or something? Did we miss some Cameron Braden? Kyle Rudolph got signed. So Kyle Rudolph is Tampa Bay's tight end one. That's what really? we missed. Okay, so then he's definitely a one. Okay, right. but wait, no, now it's not just that we now we've got to talk about the fact that Kyle Rudolph is the starting tight end for oh, the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's that's what we need and to discuss. And that's a two. That's a two. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a one. You feel worse about Kyle Rudolph than you do about <laughs> yeah. Cameron Brady? Yeah. Love that. Love that. Uh, Are you trying to figure out what happened to Cameron Brady? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to find out what happened to Cam- Cameron Cameron Brady is gone. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph hasn't been anything in like five years. <laughs> this is now the Irv Smith camera break show. Rich, Kyle Rudolph is at tight end 24. Kate Otten was tight end 51. I went to like tight end sixty and didn't see Kate. It blows Cameron my mind. Kyle Rudolph is tight end twenty four. Like I could, I, I don't know. If I felt like it, I think I could name seventy five other tight ends I'd rather have than Kyle Rudolph. Rich, I don't know if there are seventy five tight ends. In exactly. This league. <laughs> exactly. Give me guys off the agency. Let yeah. me call guys up out of retirement. I don't care. You're forty years old. You want to come play? Guys up from Juca. Like yeah, come on, dog. Like, what are we doing here? And Kyle Rudolph. You don't like him? You're not a believer. He's like seventy. How old is he at this point? Like, come on. Free agent tight end Jake Butt. It's <laughs> yeah. currently tight end 33 in ADP. Jake, Jake Butt is tight end 33 and Cameron Brake can't even sniff him? Kyle Rudolph's only 32. Okay. Now I'm just trying to rile Rich up. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Listen, I'm not saying Cameron Brake is the stud tight end, but come on now. He's a funny looking guy. So, are we stashing Kyle Rudolph in the hopes that no. the tight end for Tom Brady pops off? I'm not, I don't, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm not stashing Kyle. Uh, does this have to do anything with what I just said, or is this just strictly because you're mad that Cameron Braid isn't ranked in the top it's, 50? It has everything to do with me not thinking that Kyle Rudolph is going to be that good this year. I mean, he, he didn't do anything in Minnesota the past couple seasons. He went to the Giants last year, didn't do anything, and now I'm supposed to believe just because he's now Tom Brady's his quarterback that now he's going to be fantasy relevant. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Sell it somewhere else. Okay, then. So we're giving a one to the tight end one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is the Kyle Rudolph and not Cameron Bray. Well, before we move on. No, no, no. We have to move on. We're going too late on this. We're going too late on this one. All right. So the Atlanta Falcons, currently listed as a starter, is Marcus Mariota at quarterback. How long are we buying that for? I'm, I'm not talking Mariota in any of my leagues, and therefore I'm putting a one on him because... I don't want him. I don't want to be involved in that Falcons QB lock like room at all. Just pick somebody else. Don't do yourself a favor and do not pick anybody out of there. Like, so no interest in stashing Ritter then from Mike. Any interest in stashing Ritter from you? Um, super flex leagues maybe. I, I don't know, but hey, hey just to you know pile well, on here. Kyle Rudolph hasn't hasn't clicked 500 yards receiving since 2018. <laughs> <laughs> we are just getting so, down there. And Cameron Brate's had 500 yards. We're gonna see what Cameron Brate has had. Yeah. Okay. Spectacular. Uh, Cordero Patterson is the RB one for the Atlanta Falcons. How do we feel about that situation? Uh, I mean, uh, dude, if Cordero Patterson is my flex player, I feel good because like, he's like kind of guy like you know maybe. 
He is, uh, he has, like, a down week, and he does, like, normal flex up, but then he pops off, possibly, for, you know, 23 points or something, like, in a half PPR league, and it's just like, oh my god, like, this is, like, so great to have him here, you know? Kind of Mike Williams-type upside kind of guy. So we'll give him a three. I don't feel great about it. Typically, if I'm going to start something in the flex, it'd usually be a wide receiver or a very high upside running back. I'm just... Yeah. I think he is a high upside running back. He doesn't have a safe floor is, my, is more of my concern. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but, but for, for him, I'm willing to risk it. Gotcha. Yeah. Circling back, uh-huh. Cameron Braid hasn't had 500 receiving yards since 2017. Right, dude, they both suck. So Rudolph has done it more recently, but Braid has more touchdowns since. <laughs> okay. All right, enough of those two useless tight ends. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know who we got up next, right? Sometimes you got to plant your flag. Yeah. So just to recap, Marcus Mariota is a one, Desmond Ritter is a one, and Cordero Patterson is a three. The next two running backs are Damian Williams and Tyler Algier. Damian Williams is a thirty-something-year-old running back coming from Chicago. One, one. Algier two, two. Yeah. Let me get safe. All right. Now we go to the wide receivers. Top wide receiver is Drake London, who three. has not played since taking an injury in the preseason game. Three. I don't think he could be a flex play. He's three. He's got his high upside. to see a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in any of the other pass catchers. Or wide receivers. I'm sorry. Wide you, receivers. You don't want any, anything of Brian uh, T.O. Edwards? No. Yeah. No. Brian Edwards, Olympic The guys are, are ones. Auden Tate, I think, got cut. I don't even know who the fourth wide receiver there is. They're not really in a position to be cut wide receivers. Remember when Auden Tate had, like, just, like, people were like, oh, he might be a guy. Yeah. And then he also turned out to be the biggest jag of all time. Yeah. That was with the Bengals. Yep. Um, uh, Kyle Pitts at tight end, five. Yeah, you got him. Lock him in. Start him. Lock him in. You're locking him in. <laughs> Anthony first here. Don't let he won and we're moving on before Rick. We don't do the t- we don't do the second tight end. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go down that rabbit hole with Rick. Rick does, uh, Move on to the Carolina Panthers. QB one officially is Baker Mayfield. Useless unless you're playing super flex. Super flex. Yep. So three. Yeah, I guess, yeah, for super flex purposes. Uh Sam Darnold then. He just got carted off the field yesterday, man. He's done. Did Wait, he really? did he really? Yeah. That's his career, he thing? Off yesterday. I don't know if it's his career, but I'll, I'll double check. I did right. see that, that report. Right, you look at that while we do CMC and lock him in. At Christian McCaffrey. Significant five. high ankle sprain with IR move possible. Well, I mean, his career's not over. It's just that, yeah, he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. McCaffrey, five? Yeah, CMC is a five. I'm not comfortable starting McCaffrey on a week-to-week basis, and I wouldn't draft him. I mean, if he's healthy, you're playing him, dude. If you draft him, you're talking about. You're talking about the dude who's got the highest. I wouldn't draft him. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you don't draft him because you don't like him out of the ADP. But he is a five. If he's on your team and you're not, you don't start him. If he's sitting on your bench, like there's, oh, I guess I'll just leave CMC on my bench while he's perfectly healthy. Yeah, you might as well just make your donation and not even worry about setting. Yeah, that's why you can play more in my leagues if you're gonna not start. That's fine. Like the question is, are you drafting him to be a starter for you? Like I'm no, sorry. I'm not. I'm not drafting Christian McCaffrey to be a starting running back for me because yeah. whether or not I sit him on the bench, he's going to end up on the bench this season. He's going to get hurt. All right, Cuba Hubbard. I one. Agree with that. Cuba Hubbard. One. I mean, man, oh, you you keep throwing around the definition of a jag, and every time I see Cuba Hubbard, you traded for him last year. Season, I thought maybe he had. McCaffrey was out. I'm yeah. like, maybe just by sheer happenstance, he'll get some volume. We did Jag for Jag Craig because yeah. I got Rondell Moore. Yeah. Rondell Moore is 
is about to fade into Jagdom. Listen, I took him for some extra running back depth on my my push for a championship. Yeah, I didn't need him. I won the championship. It is what it is. Yeah, but every time I seen him this preseason, he just looks like you know just an, just a dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's a, he's, he, he looks like you could be wearing a, a hat on the sideline with a clipboard. Just a guy, dude. Yeah. Like you know, he doesn't look like a. A stud, it doesn't look like a difference maker, an X factor, whatever you, whatever word you want to use, mm-hmm. adjective. He just looks like he's, he's going to be a guy who would probably be a backup, a he's, second or a third running back. He looks like him. a solid backup running back. I mean, uh, it's not like his not numbers going to be good fantasy purpose yeah. wise, no matter like, what. It's not like his numbers were off. Like, he just is. His ceiling's the, like 14 no, points in PPR. The like, prob- I was going to say, the problem though is when the problem is. No running back is going to get the volume that Christian McCaffrey is getting in the passing game in addition to their running game. That's the problem, is Christian McCaffrey is getting seven, eight targets a game, and you're not going to have another running back who can carry it 15 times and then get the eight targets per game. Christian McCaffrey also can't eclipse the 20-point mark unless he gets over 20 touches a game, which is not going to be sustainable for somebody who's continuing to suffer injuries, which is why... Have a problem with drafting him where he's going. So, so the I mean, backup situation. How do we feel about stashing one of these dudes, Chuba or Dante? Fury? I don't have no. I'm not because they're not going to get the work that he's getting. This the passing volume and the rushing volume are going to be split between whoever is there last year. Like it's not like once uh, Christian McCaffrey got hurt, Chuba Hubbard got all of the passing game volume. He got all the rushing volume. He got a little passing game volume. But when Christian McCaffrey's out there, they specifically make and design passing plays to get him the ball. Yeah, I think with either one, and they're not going to do it with the other guys. They're very touchdown at that point. Like if McCaffrey goes down and you're starting either Hubbard or Foreman, you're you're sitting there with your fingers crossed, hoping for a touchdown that may never come. And you could be looking at a four point week because he's got 14 carries for 42 yards and no touchdowns, and you're just sitting there like, what the hell? So again, so when Chuba Hubbard took over as a starter for McCaffrey, his finish is point wise: 10.9, 9.1, 18.4. 14.1 when you had Chuba Hubbard in there. So it wasn't worthless is what I'm saying. He wasn't worthless, but like the problem was you had Christian McCaffrey who was getting 27 points a game. Right. The ceiling's nowhere near the same. Yeah. But with that or the is, floor. Do you see flex play worthiness there? Is it is it worth maybe no, stashing not one, one of no, these dudes? I no. mean, so you you're adamant that McCaffrey's going down again. So you don't want to hold one of these dudes in the off, like you seem to think it's it's gonna happen. You don't want to just stash. He's one. not gonna have the value. Like there's other backup running backs that I could grab that I would think would have more value than grabbing the backup to Christian McCaffrey. Okay. There's other guys that could emerge in that role that I would rather take than grabbing Chuba Hubbard wherever you would have to take him. Let me see where Chuba Hubbard's ADP is. And I'll... No, I don't really have any interest in, in being part of that. Back. If Christian McCaffrey goes down, that whole offense collapses. So, no, it, I just don't. Like, none of them have the upside. Whoa, not the whole offense. No, I'm sorry. DJ Moore doesn't collapse. The rest of that offense collapses. Thank you. DJ Moore, Mr. 1104. Consistent. <clears throat> All right. Um, where are we at here? We gotta, so I'm sorry. Gotta, I think that was I think up. that was our transition there. So I have yeah. no interest in the backup running backs. Yep. Uh, DJ Moore is a. Uh, are we five or four? I like him as a five this year. I mean, but if you guys want to make a case for him as a four, I'll hear it. I'm not, I won't. You know, I'm not going to disagree with it. I've got him as wide receiver eleven, so I'm good with a five. five. Yep. DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, this could be his blow up year. Everybody talks about it. You saw the list of he's quarterbacks. A four to he, me, you've seen the quarterbacks he's played with. 
the list of them, and he's always 1,104. Yeah. Every year. You give him – Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback he's played he's with. Just, he's yeah. just had bad touchdown luck is really what it is. And if he gets some positive yeah. touchdown regression, he'll be fine. He was still a top 20 wide receiver last year. Yeah, not, you're making. I, I totally had him available to me yeah. at a time. I should have picked him instead of Marquise Brown, I feel like. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, DJ Moore is one of the most like slept-on players in fantasy. I know. You've been saying that. You said that last year, too, though. He was, I don't think he's being slept on Inside the top 20 last year. Yeah, I, exactly I, I got thought. him in like the yeah. fifth or sixth yeah. round. DJ That's Moore's going as wide receiver 14 in, AD, in ESPN. Wish we could see last year because he was definitely later than that. Uh, Robbie Anderson, do we have any interest in Robbie oh Anderson? My uh, no, thank you. No interest? Nah, I no don't He's taking up too much of my brain nope. space. Terrace Marshall, nope. Rashard Higgins, maybe. He's got that, that chemistry with Baker Mayfield from yeah, the time from in Cleveland. Browns, yeah. They had a good hook uh, connection there, didn't they? Yeah. They, I, I, as, if you're stat, if you're going to have, if you're going to carry a second tight end, he's wide receiver. Or wide receiver, I mean, sorry. Um, then I feel like that like is could be a justifiable two, but most likely a one. Yeah, I mean, they we're talking literally like that's probably your last bench guy. Yeah. But if you're yeah. like, if you that's, yeah, that's took why a ton not, of wide yeah. or a ton of running backs early, and you mm-hmm. maybe took a couple later wide receivers, yeah. and you're like, yeah, I need a guy with some upside who might return that value, but probably won't. Yeah, going to take your shot in the dark and throw your dart. Yeah, and he's a dart throw. He's guy, a decent yeah. dart throw guy. Yeah, literally last back guy. Yeah, and totally. like, and yeah. even if he does happen to produce something, we're looking like wide receiver three yeah. numbers. Well, like, it's like we're F- not talking anything yeah. in like series no. to where he's going to be a league winner. He, he's like a guy. He'd just be like a solid yeah. flex play. He's I I exactly I know exactly who he is. He's a guy that week one if he does nothing and there's somebody else out there you go Drop. get that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he starts the season as a two, and then he's a one. Yeah, see that, what probably. happens. Yeah. We're giving him a one. Ba- a Baker one. Mayfield is yet to produce two one. fantasy-relevant wide receivers in a season. All right, cool. one it is, yeah. One. I don't want anything to do with the tight ends. Me neither. No, we can just move on from that. This is an offense we're going to have to wait to see. This is going to be a bad offense. They're going to have a bad ranking. So let's move on over then to the New Orleans Saints offense. I'll let you go through it, Rich. Give me a sec. You go ahead. I'm tallying up. All right. Jameis Winston. He did decent when he was playing last year when he filled in. Uh, he's definitely not a five, so the question is whether he's a four or a three. Uh, or do you guys feel differently? He is, at best to me, a... Honestly, like right now, it's, it's a toss-up. Um, there's what, what Do you know what his ADP is, right? Because really, to me, he seems only relevant uh, currently as a super flex option. Um, there's a lot of other guys I'd rather have instead of him, but if he's like around ten, then and you get him at ten because you waited late to get a QB, then that's fine. Like, ADP is QB twenty. Okay, ADP is QB twenty. Yeah, then like yeah, like I mean, I think he's a three at best. So and, he's, or, he's sorry, he's, he's a super flex only relevant player. Yeah, his pick is he's getting picked one sixty five. So it's oh. uh yeah, it's super flex. And it's super flex only. I don't have comfortable so, with him. We had to think about yeah. There's uh, the QB rankings are a little bit different because. If they're not, if you're playing in one QB leagues, like there's only ten guys that are really like. Yeah, that's it. About twelve. Uh, twelve. Sorry, what, whatever the top twelve are, you want to be in that range. Yeah. But, you know, um, it, it's. But I think outs- I think he is a guy that in a two quarterback league or super flex league, he's a guy that would be somebody to target yes. later on. Yes. You grab your hero quarterback earlier on, and then you grab him later because he did have some good games last season. Had a uh, his week one 29-point game. He had a 25-point game later on in uh, week four, or I'm sorry, week five. 
So, I mean, he has some potential upside. And we yeah. have, I mean, you know, we've seen him throw for 3,000-plus yards, 30-plus touchdowns in a season before. There's yeah. 30 interceptions with it. but I'm more fan, I'm bigger fan of his receivers. Yeah. So let's move on to them. Andy Dalton will give a one. Let's start with uh, their uh, best receiver there for the past few years. That's running back Alvin Kamara. Uh, if you draft him, you're starting him. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a five. Absent the six weeks, he gets suspended for assault. But... In 2023. Yeah. Yep. Mark that Ingram. could be get moved up. You saw the lawyer who handled Deshaun Watson's case is now handling he the is. civil suit I, against him. And he's, are that. you serious? Yeah, and he's trying to put... Yeah, that guy is getting paid. He's already put some pressure out there to try to get this taken yeah, care of quicker. Uh, I, he doesn't want this getting buried for a season. I so. get it, but the NFL traditionally hasn't doled out a punishment until after the legal proceedings have taken place. Mm-hmm. And this keeps getting pushed back and pushed... It, doesn't, it seems to me like... He'll be suspended in the offseason. Yeah, yep, yep, me too. After the legal but let's, let's not, that, That's a lot of speculation. Yeah, let's move on from yeah. that. Yeah. We can um, talk about that. Mark is a five if he's starting. If he's, yeah. 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 If you have no interest, in, uh, I have no interest in marketing. Nah, he's what, over 30. Yeah. yeah cool. He's over the hill. Tony Jones Jr. No, I'm not wasting a uh, pick on stashing Tony nah, Jones. I think there's better handcuffs you could try and get. That's enough breath for him. Michael Thomas. I'm, now this, I'm, I'm out on Michael Thomas. This is, uh, he's a. Uh, Bench dash me too. It's a two to you. He's a two, and then he's two. gonna turn into a five after week one. Yeah. I, I I have him a two becoming a one. I just as honestly I. You're out. I'm out on Michael That's Thomas. Fine. He's had repeated. He's both. yeah. I mean, the media would not make me think that you would have him out of one. Um, the, the reports. It seems like everything's saying that he is ready to come back and like play football. I understand that maybe he's not doing the healthiest right now, but hopefully, I mean. So I'm pretty sure he yeah. got hurt again recently in the past few days and isn't. Uh, I know he did get hurt. I think it's a pretty minor injury, though. It's the problem that is that it's another it's just soft another tissue thing. injury to mm-hmm. the same part of his body that he's hurt over and over again. I'm pretty sure. Let me look at what. Yep, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. So, yeah. So that's the problem right there. Mm-hmm. So let's. So. All of these injuries were to his right leg. So 2015. Uh, groin, sp- uh, groin sports hernia, 2016, foot sprain, 2020, pe- uh, ankle sprain, 2020, uh, hamstring and an unspecified uh, hamstring pull, 2020, another ankle sprain, and then in addition to the hamstring injury, just like all of these are to the same right. leg, they're all soft tissue injuries, and he's now 29. Like, I'm yeah. just, I'm out. He's going to get hurt again. I, I, I'm not, I'm not reliably... He's going as wide receiver. I wrote it down here. He's going as wide receiver 28, which means you're drafting him basically to fill in as a flex or fill in for your bye weeks for him. And I'm not comfortable doing that because I don't. He might not be available by the time bye weeks come around and I need to use him. I'm just not comfortable with him. He's also a check down guy. I know people don't like to do that, but he's just kind of a check down guy. He's a two because he's better than a lot of other options at two. That's why he's a two. He's. You stashing him in hopes that he can. Yeah, hit that he, he's your right last bank. He could be your last bank guy. And but his ADP, his upside is way too way way up more. If up he here. slips a little bit, I'm he, he I slipped, take him. He, but he he's going a little he too. Fell in, he fell in my league. I, I, a little I, too high for me. Yeah, he fell in love. I think he, I think he's a faller. So, but 
so going right around him, there are... So right ahead of him, Gabe Davis and Chris Govin are 26 mm-hmm. and 27. I'd much rather have those yeah. guys over Michael Absolutely. Thomas. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, those guys uh, are Amari, So after that, Amari Cooper, he might be the one I don't want more than him. Yeah. Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfro, Rashad Bateman. I'd rather take a shot on all of those guys than I would on Michael now, Thomas. Now start reading below the, the list below his They They were beneath him. It was Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, oh, Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfro, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah. Rashad Bateman, Devontae Smith. I'm not taking Smith. that high. I have him on mine. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm, I, I got him as a two. Yeah. If I could draft him as, if he's, if for whatever reason, if you're somehow able to get him coming off the board as wide receiver 35 to 40, I'm in. Yeah, that's who I'm in. Anything above that, you're yeah. talking, he, if you're drafting you him to be a flex, much, yeah. Or yep. your wide receiver too. Yeah. Then it's, you pay too much. Yeah. 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 But so, he's perfectly good on your bench. <laughs> so where are we coming down as a number four? Two. 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 Okay. Uh, the next two wide receivers, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. I'm much more in on Chris Olave than I am on the other guys. I have Chris Olave higher. That being said, I have him as a flex play. No, play that's fine. That's so. fair. I'm cool with that. And but, I don't uh, have any interest in Jarvis Landry. No interest in Jarvis. What is I, I don't, I'm not interested in him, but like what, what is he a is he a two or is he a one? What do you think? I'm a, I don't, I don't know. He's to me he's another gag. He's he I know I I knew about him more when he was actually decent, but the last couple of years. He's got to be thirty now, right? He's uh, gonna be. He's twenty nine this season. He's the same age as Odell and all of them. So. Uh, Back when the Browns were uh, uh, an organization well, of respect. So last season, it's a short time ago. Last season, with when Odell was gone from whatever week on, he had three weeks where he got fifteen point one, fifteen point one, and nineteen point five points. And that was as the number one wide receiver on the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield. He's now the number two to three wide receiver at best. If if Michael Thomas is healthy, is he is he above Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, or is he behind both those guys? Is he? Share, is him and Chris Olave competing for the number two spot? How do you see that unfolding? I think he'll probably be the number two to start. I think Olave probably starts as the number three and then continues to grow into that role and then eventually overtakes Landry after like a short amount of time because I'm liking Olave. It's maybe like two or three weeks. Olave right. supplants him. All right, so now let's put all of this together then. The Saints last year did not really produce any wide receiver that was consistently fantasy relevant. Jarvis Landry is going to be at best the number two wide receiver in what is probably a fading role throughout the season. So realistically, like, what's the value of that position? Like, Not much. Exactly. So that's why I don't want any not part much. of it. That's why I've got a one. Okay. But if you want to stash him for... Potential upside if you think that, you know. You know, maybe it's my just like, you know, my own bias. Of, he was always been just a solid dude to stick on your bench and be like your fourth wide receiver. Just have Jarvis Landry for your bye weeks. It's cool. You plug him in. He's going to give you like 8 to 12 points. Right. Like, especially when he was with Cleveland. Like, it was just a very nice, like, flex play on your bench. Like, like your fifth or sixth, fourth wide receiver drafted somewhere around there. And then you just stick him in on bye weeks. And so yep. any other time he's on the bench. Yeah. That, again, my just concern is I feel that guys. Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara probably fill that short range yeah. role that Jarvis Landry typically does. So I don't know. There's a ton of volume for him. So one or two. I'll leave it up to you. Uh, one. All right. Uh, no interest in the next wide receiver no. on that team then. And then any interest in Adam Trotman, their tight end? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. So that wraps up the NFC South. 
After tallying the scores, the NFC South, we have the Buccaneers with 28. Falcons with 20. This one surprised me a little bit. The Panthers, 21. And the Saints, 20. So we were talking about the Panthers are going to be one of the lowest scorers. They're actually second highest in their division. It's still one of the lowest scorers out it there. It is. But <laughs> um, it's because McCaffrey's was given a five, and so was DJ Moore. Is essentially that's that's half of their points right there. Is those yeah. two? Yeah. So, and I, I think there's an argument for DJ to not be a five. So I think there's an argument for McCaffrey to not be a five. Okay. So. Well, anyway, let's not uh, dwell on those. Um, is that it for today on this one? Are we gonna? Yeah. In, I know we're going to roll into the, the other we'll ones. back on the next yeah. episode to the do the episode. NFC West and the NFC East. Yeah, so how many, uh, well, we got two divisions left? Two divisions left. We've awesome. got two divisions left. The Bucks are now the second highest uh, team as far as our rankings go. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to do the rest of the NFC on our next episode. Until next time, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs. And you can also catch all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, peace out. See you guys. Later.